Oh, baby, we are back again this week with an absolute banger of a podcast lined up. We are evolving as we go. I got a little live soundboard in front of me here. Pipe it up. We're going to the next level. This is episode 66 of the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, how are we feeling tonight? Feeling great. Happy to be back on the pod. Uh, we're, we're doing a little bit of upgrading here. It's good to see. Obviously, last week's episode was a little bit short, but I think this one will make up for it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna try. Hopefully, no files get corrupted, no internet issues, none of that nonsense. We've I've done about maybe 15, 20 minutes of hard, solid, great work to prepare for this podcast, and um, I'm hoping for the best here. But we got Jack on the line, as always, and alongside me, we have a man who had a busy week this week. It is the commissioner, Kyle Schultz. Kyle, how are we doing today? How you feeling? Uh, I'm doing great. I just had one of the craziest weekends of my life. What better craziest place weekend. Wow. than the Pipe It Up podcast to share all that went down? Tommy, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I uh, knew right away I had to get you and Jimmy both on this podcast once you guys made that trip down to Atlanta. Hopefully we have Jimmy calling in later this evening. But, um, Kyle, we got to start with you here. Um, we really haven't talked a whole lot. We, we shared some text messages, but a lot of it was social media focused on getting everything out to the people, the public, on um, what you guys did there with Bleacher Report and TBS. So just give me your take on the whole experience and fill, on the, fill in the listeners who don't know what went down. Well, I mean, it was just a dream come true. And one of the biggest things that ever happened to me personally and the brand MLW that we started, of course, in 2009, just playing pickup wiffle ball in the front yard. Mm -hmm. And to think that it's evolved to this, where I'm homering off Pedro Martinez, a Hall of Famer, and hanging out with Granderson, a child icon of mine, Jimmy Rollins, Ernie Johnson, a legendary broadcaster. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. Uh, I just can't thank uh, TBS and Bleach Report. There was, those were the two entities that kind of... Um, supported us and, and brought this together and gave us this opportunity. So first and foremost, thank you to them for having me and Jimmy out there. Um, there's a lot that went behind the scenes to actually prepare for this. And I didn't tell the MLW guys until like a couple days yeah, ago. Yeah, it was very, it was very I, secret. Why I, was that? Why was that? Well, you know, things fall through all the time. Yeah. I don't want to get people's hopes up and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's been a long time coming. I want to say we set this up like a, a month or a month and a half ago. And, you know... I've been on a bunch of Zoom calls and a bunch of logistical um, pr preparation going on. Mm. Um, I, I still think of the the first time I told Jimmy about this opportunity um, and how I wanted him to be there for it, and he was blown away. I can't wait for you guys to get his reaction on the on the podcast. But mm -hmm. um, you know, just me and Jimmy just had the time of our lives. Uh, we flew in Friday to Atlanta, where TBS is based. We shot the segment on Saturday. We had some dinner Saturday night, watched some football, um, went out in downtown Atlanta the next morning, took a flight home. So an uh, action-packed weekend, I'd say. I've never been to Atlanta. How, how is it? I mean, I've been one time. I went to a Peach Bowl in 2018 Ooh, when Bowl. Michigan played Florida in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But, I mean, that was kind of like just with the family. Went to like a bunch of tourist attractions. This, like, we stayed in Atlanta, and we were taking it in for what it is. Like, we went to the, the local spots. The um, local spots, eh? And oh my God, some, TBS some lemon pepper wings. TBS hooked some us hot up. wings. My God, Tom, they literally paid for all our flights and our hotel. We stayed at a five-star hotel downtown Atlanta. They chauffeured us from the hotel to the studio and back. They literally hooked us up. It was so nice. Yeah, I mean, that's. The I can't believe it. It's, it's a high, it's a dream. It's the high budget living. It's the high budget living. Um, Jack, were you even aware this was happening, or were you also kind of 
um, unaware of what was going down with TBS? Um, well, the first I actually heard of it was around midnight when <laughs> Kyle texted me probably two no, I, days before. I okay. FaceTimed and, uh, him. I FaceTimed you, bro. Yeah, it was pretty funny because I'm like about to go to bed and I get this FaceTime from Kyle and I'm like, this must be important. So I'm going to pick this up. <laughs> and it was just like I, I I was shocked at the whole thing. And um, like I, I know things fall through or whatever. And I was just I was happy to be made aware of it before I just saw it on TV. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know, it's legit when the flights are booked and the hotel's booked, and it's like, oh my god, this yeah. is happening. Yeah, that's why I was surprised you're right. still keeping it on the low. But yeah, I agree. Things do fall through often. So like, even after the first Zoom meeting, like, yeah, I wasn't. I was super excited for everybody, but I wasn't like for sure it was going to happen yet. But I didn't tell any of my like close family or friends what was going on because Kyle wasn't saying anything. So I was like, I guess we're keeping this on the hush. But then we told like. Cheatham and Sailor along with when Jimmy was with us in Indianapolis a few yep. weeks ago and yep. then like I think you said it in the MLW group chat like maybe four or five days prior to right. when you guys left. Right. So then everyone was kind of in the loop but super cool. Um, if you had to break down like what was just your like favorite what was the highlight for you the favorite part? So a very underrated thing that not a lot of people think of when they think of this segment is that so when we finished the shoot there's obviously a baseball game being played because mm-hmm. you know we were actually we filmed it during the right before they started their pregame show, mm-hmm. and it was taped to be played after the postgame show of the nightcap. Yep. So after that pregame show that they filmed live, obviously, mm-hmm. there was the baseball game, Brewers and uh, Braves. Yep. I think it was game one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. I'm not sure. No, it was two. Okay. It was two. And me and Jimmy hung out with them and watched the entire game with them. Oh, that's sick. Like, just how you and your buddies would. It was yeah. unbelievable. Where are you guys watching that? Like, in the studio? They were, like, or? green room, like, with snacks and drinks all for free, mm. and we're just chilling in their what's, chairs. What's, like, the green room like? Like, what's the... If you had to, like, break sick. down, like, when you walk into the studio, like, what do you see in there? Bunch of hallways and rooms of executives and some curtains, and you pop up, and there's the the studio. I mean, I don't want to give it's away, like, the location and stuff. No, no, no. But, like, but, like yeah, is it kind of like a normal, like... You're like like a normal office hallways type thing, and then you open a door and just like boom, this TBS studio type thing. Or is it kind of like build up to that point? Kind of. You'll go through some doors that say like you know on the air, and then you'll walk mm-hmm. through like some little like a pretty you know it's like a, it's a studio. It's dark and there's yeah. curtains, and you walk through, and then you're kind of on on the stage or whatever. Not the stage, but it's hardwood floor, mm-hmm. so many lights. Yeah. Um, and they obviously have like yeah, the baseball like, themed. Was it like blinding in there from all the lighting like on you? Not guys? really. Not really. Not really. But hats on. All, too. Shout out to all the camera people too. Like. Me and Jimmy, he'll talk about this too, but when we're out there, you think it's just, you know, me, Jimmy, and the four guys, and maybe a couple cameramen. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. Well, we w- yeah. After we shot this, National TV. Production. my guy Chad, he's, he's our contact from Bleach Report. He's the guy that kind of guided us through this entire thing. He walked us through all the halls. We met the producers and production assistants and audio mm-hmm. guys, executives in Turner Sports, like, and the, the, cam- the camera operators, and there's so many people behind the scenes. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's Turner. It's like... It's one of the biggest corporations yeah. in the entire world, mm-hmm. Warner Media. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, uh, and in this green room, yeah, it, there's just like it, it, this is actually the same studio that films uh, NBA on TNT with Shaq, Charles Barkley, and Kenny Smith, mm-hmm. and Ernie Johnson, of course. And one of my favorite memories was actually I sat in Shaq's chair oh. wa- with like with with <laughs> Jimmy uh, watching the Braves Brewers game. Yeah, that's and funny. It, it was just unbelievable watching Curtis and Jimmy and um, Pedro. And w- a cool thing was that, like, we saw their live reactions to the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, we could see what what was going on in their head to what they were going to talk about in the post-game show, w- in which they did. Mm. Like, when... Uh, Are they, like, n- t- n- taking notes, or is it all just kind of, they're so... Pedro's taking notes, and a really cool thing is that Ernie Johnson, he watches the game by himself. 
away from everybody because wow. he needs to be in the game. He needs to be locked in. He needs to keep track of like momentum of the game and like the key the key things that happens because he's the one interviewing the players after the game. Like mm-hmm. if you actually watch the Giants Dodgers game, he was the one interviewing uh, Mookie Betts. Okay. So he needs to know everything about that game. Curtis, That's crazy. Curtis, Jimmy, and Pedro, they kind of locked in on like a couple plays that they were going to cover. Um, so there was a cool a cool play by a shortstop, and uh, Curtis goes to me, he's like, yep, J-Roll is going to be talking about that one. <laughs> and it was so funny because he did later on yeah. in the show, but um, it, it was literally a dream come true. It was like we were hanging out with them, and like they probably didn't think too much of it because like, we were just kind of in a room with them. Yeah. They are eating their food, and mm-hmm. but me and Jimmy were just soaking it all in. We were t- talking baseball. Um, we were talking to Curtis about his time in Detroit. He loved it because I don't think he gets that up much anymore. Cause he's, he's probably known for his, his Yankees days and his mm-hmm. Mets days more mm-hmm. than his Tigers days. Oh, for sure. In which he came up I with. Noticed, so yeah, it was, was like, just, we got, were just having the time of our lives. He's got 28 on the Detroit number. Like you Because, t- yeah, he had a long career beyond right. where he did in Detroit. So, But that was like when me and you were like, in like our formative, like younger years, like we started like sports Dude, was like he, he was, was the guy. He was the impressed. Were good. He was impressed by how much we knew baseball, especially Jimmy too. Yeah. It, was, it was so funny one time. Uh, you know, Norp's so good at baseball stats, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he knows everything. Rollins was like uh, talking about a Brewers pitcher. He's like, "Hey, what, was Woodruff the one guy that had the the walk list streak earlier in the season?" It's like, and then and Norp chimes in. He's like, "Nope, that was Corbin Burns." And he goes, "Oh, that's right, Burns." <laughs> like he literally, he literally corrected. <laughs> Sign this man. I know. Sign this it man. was so funny. <laughs> That's what I was saying, and Tommy, too. You, you might think this is a little crazy, too, but I'm going to show you something. You know how I have a good memory? Mm-hmm. I, from purely memory, I was waiting on the flight, obviously, going, going back home, and I had nothing to do. Yeah. So I wrote down in my notes app, from memory, everything that I could remember from that, that hangout sesh, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, and it's paragraphs. like notes on notes, because I never want to forget that time. It was unbelievable, mm-hmm. and just a dream comes true. Yeah. I don't know, Jack, are you aware of like Jimmy's, Jim Lincecum TikTok and like his MLB analysis and breakdowns and all that kind of stuff he does, or no? Um, I'm aware that it's a thing, but I can't say that I've ever really checked it out or I, give, I, given it a look. Yeah, I've given it a look, and that's what I was like. I had friends and family texting me like, Oh, like that's so cool! Like, wish you got to go. And I was like, trust me, this kid Jimmy yep. is like I would have loved it, but this kid no like time I wanted lives to be there, bro, and breathes baseball. Like he was yeah. probably on cloud nine out there. Like he just loves the game so much. Like beyond, like I'm a big Detroit fan. Like as a kid, I watched every baseball game on TV ever. But I guess now as I've grown older, I appreciate it a little bit less. But like Jimmy, if I could pick any guy yeah. I know to go out and like have like an all inclusive. MLB experience, it'd be Jimmy Norris. And we he it, loves baseball time, we so much. D- we discussed this too. I obviously mm-hmm. ran this by you. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, I got to be there, but um, we're thinking Jimmy would just be ideal for yeah, this scenario. And, 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 he, and it worked out, obviously. Yeah. It was ideal. It was so sick. He, I'm glad he did well. And like, he looked kind of nervous, but it was just so cool to see him out there, like with Pedro Martinez and Dude, everything. It's so sick. I thought J- Jimmy and myself, I thought we did a good job on the air, like talking oh, yeah, and, and performing. He, he did good pitching. I hit a home run off Pedro. Like, you really mm-hmm. couldn't ask for more. Yeah, you really, you really couldn't. Was that. Is that like pretty pretty much what we saw? Like, was that about Bro, all you filmed, or was there more? They didn't that? cut a thing. Really, we watched it back, and me and Jimmy watching it live were like, they haven't made a single. Well, edit. They, they didn't really because when you were pitching it, to Curtis, like you took like three balls right, right, in a right. row, and then I was like, yeah, they didn't make any cuts here. But that's good because if they would have told us, like by not telling us that it's gonna be like live like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like the pressure was off a little bit, which I liked. Yeah. If they were like, all right, guys, we're going out there. If, it, if we need multiple takes, then we can do that. Yeah. We, we may have messed up, you know what I mean? You're probably right. You're probably so, right. So by them just like letting us go out there, it was super casual. That was the word me and Jimmy came up mm-hmm. with. It was very casual. That's the best environment, though, to right. succeed in. Right. And I, I think it was just very fun. You could tell on their faces they had a good time. Like I think they oh, were yeah. genuinely having fun. Like they probably yeah did you they I don't get say, did they you don't see, get that opportunity much did you see to like play EJ's with EJ's tweet. Or? He tweeted, gave yeah. a shout out to Jimmy and like the league and said like. 
this isn't even a job. Like this is a this is work that I get to go to or something like that or something like and that. Er- Ernie, I was looking at Ernie's Twitter. He doesn't like tweet stuff like that often. I know. So a nice little personal shout out. And we even got a shout out from NBA on TNT. I they, know. They posted the clip of so Ernie. Ernie homework. was the Ernie was the first guy out of the four to walk into the studio, and I was yeah. in the middle of taping a bat, mm-hmm. and he just goes. Kyle and I look <laughs> up so sweet. and I don't even it's see the his voice. Yeah. I know I don't even look up and I know it's Ernie Johnson. And before I look up, I'm like, Ernie, what's <laughs> going on, man? And we and we uh we give fist bump and then all the That's the so rest cool. of the crew came in. That's so sick. That's so sick. Any questions from your side, Jack? Well, I mean, obviously it seemed like it went pretty smooth, but like excluding you watching the game with them after the uh after the film session or whatever, how long did it take from like when you walked into the building to finish that? Right, so we got picked up at the hotel at, I believe it was 1.30. They drove us over, and I think it was 2 or 2.30. We had like this sort of like a rehearsal where we got all the like equipment ready, the strikes in place, the balls all ready to go and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then we started the shoot at 2.45, and it went for, I believe it was exactly like 12 minutes. Um, and then, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it's about 12 minutes. And then that was the whole, what they aired the whole 12 minutes. That, that was, was it. Yeah. Literally, yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. They pretty much aired it all. And then after that, um, you know, they got into their show, obviously. And we went back into the, the room, uh, me, Jimmy and my, my guy at Bleach Report. We were the guys, uh, just kind of going through all the footage. Shout out to Chad, man. He got everything behind the scenes, uh, like on his phone, all those mm-hmm. videos and pictures behind the scenes stuff. He airdropped them all to me. It was really, really, um, yeah, that was efficient. Nice and then he uh, he got his stuff over to his guy uh, Vince in LA, who kind of helps him with the BR walk off page. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got those posts up of you saw Pedro striking out Jimmy. They put that on the main feed. Yep. And then uh, Ernie Johnson home run that obviously went viral. So mm-hmm. it was really cool. That was one of my biggest takeaways is like how all of this goes down behind the scenes. Like whether that's Bleach Report oh, or yeah. T- TBS. Like there's so many moving parts. I thought it was just really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, Kyle, if how how could you, if possible, put into words what it was like to meet one of your childhood idols in Curtis Granderson. I mean, you wear his number, obviously. That picture went up of you holding that sign. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, that I, just that. Th- I just thought that was so awesome. Like, I, I that's always been, like, a dream of mine to I meet, know. you know, some of my famous athletes. So, like, could you describe that? It, w- it just didn't feel real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, think of that. Think of, like, just a month ago me saying that. Like, that's what happened. Like, it just doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. And I was in the same room with them, and then, like, I, I guess I was a little nervous at first, but, like, literally just him greeting you and talking, like, about baseball just for a little bit. You're like, oh, this is just a, just a chill guy. Like, Yeah, I mean. Like, in your head, he's so much more, and then you get on the surface level, and he li- but he lives up to it. Like, it's incredible. And wh- I wanted to say one thing about Curtis is, like, he's obviously known for being one of the greatest guys in baseball and an ambassador for the mm-hmm. game, and that's for a reason. He mm-hmm. is the same guy off-air as on-air, and he's, like, he- he's so down-to-earth and chill and uh, just a really friendly guy. Yeah, that's so sick. Uh, that's when I heard Granite, like when Kyle first, I wasn't on the Zoom call with Bleacher Report in September, but I saw like we were DMing back and forth, and then like as soon as the 30 minutes went up, Kyle called me right away, and when he like, he ran through the names really quick, and I was like, oh, Curtis Granderson, like even though he's not the most famous athlete in that group, I was to like, us, he's the most yeah, famous. I was like, that's so sick, because I knew Kyle was a big fan of him, obviously. So, what an experience, man. We're going to hear from Jimmy too on this, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it for a very long time. Thank you to everyone who is reposting everything and sharing things and giving us our congratulations. We appreciate that, including um, Ernie himself and NBA on TNT and Bleach Report and everybody involved. But Kyle, what do you, I don't know. It's like the first thing I thought of after this all kind of the dust settled a little bit and a couple hours passed is what's what's the next bucket list experience? What do we want to check off the list next? National TV, that's done. I can't. We just talked know. about this opportunity that we yeah. want to do. Yeah. <laughs> we can't give it away yet, but 
but I will say this. But that's like not that's like evolving the bucket list. I feel like but I like know meeting I, like your childhood idol. Like that's a bucket that, oh list. Oh my like, god! Is there anything else on the original bucket list for MLW you think that like we haven't done yet? Man, I'm not. That was huge. Well, I I don't tell many people this, but I set like a, a list of about three to five goals before going into every season. Mm-hmm. And on that list this year was a, a feature piece by a big network. Yep. And that perfect is. 100% a feature piece <laughs> by a big network. So, I would say so. Yeah, so um, like I, I would just unbelie- I'm just starstruck still. I can barely I can barely talk. Um once of a lifetime opportunity. It's sick. But it's sick. we did we did talk about that opportunity that yeah, Curtis yeah, yeah. Granderson himself is actually helping us with. That's yeah, it's so funny now you and Curtis so are talking been, about opportunities. Like, yeah, I know. DMs. I'm, I'm just, doing business with him right now. I'm just in the middle of my work day looking at stuff for my engineering job and I just see DMs on my phone lighting up C Grand. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's having a conversation with Curtis Granderson <laughs> right now. Uh, oh yeah, and we sent Ernie a thank you so message. Funny. A thank you DM yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He thought we did really well and he had a play. Uh, they were enjoying us. So hey, shout out to Ernie. You fellow entrepreneurs out there, I always tell Kyle this too and everybody else in the league too. Make sure you send and say your thank yous. So always very important very big i learned that in high school leadership class and i i've kept that with me <laughs> i've kept that with me it's an important tool so so cool if you guys haven't seen the full clip or you missed the broadcast and have no idea what we're talking about um we did upload the full 12 minute clip to our youtube channel um earlier today monday so feel, um, be sure to check that out it's a super cool piece of content and um definitely a unique one you know we've never experienced anything like that we've done a lot of unique things over the years and you know each one's like how do you top the next one how do you top the next one but from kyle and jimmy's reaction i think we i think we topped it and um you know on, on to the next on to the next item on the bucket list i guess i don't know it's hard and it and you it's, soak it in and you keep going and dude I, I said this many times before but we're not here without the fans mm-hmm. we're not we're, we're seriously not every view counts mm-hmm. every single view it really it really does every sub every view it all counts it all, it counts. all builds up to this not even kidding. All right, Tom. I have a nice little prompt for you and Jack. Okay. And we were actually Hit talking about... It. What? Hit us with it. <laughs> we were talking about this at dinner after the, after the event. I was like, dude, this is literally like, if I could pick three guys to have dinner with in the entire uh, world active, Granderson would have oh been one gosh. of them. And I, and I literally got one of them. Like, That's pretty so, sick. So, so, so you got one more to go? No, no. So my... I was going to ask you who your three guys in the entire world, alive, alive, to have a dinner with. Who would you pick? Because mine would have been Granderson, uh, Tom Brady, okay, and my favorite YouTuber David Dobrik. Because I think you get a great mix. That is a. That's my a good fourth couple. is Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, I was going to say Gary V. I was going to be one of my three. Like, like he would have been fourth because he get you get business with him. You get sports with Granderson, Brady, and then uh, who's David Dobrik would be my YouTube side. Yeah, comedy YouTuber. Yeah. So who would you, who would Ooh, your three guys that's be? Tough. They gotta be alive. Yeah, they gotta be alive. This tripped up Jimmy because he was he was picking Jackie Robinson for sure. Yeah, they gotta be alive. That's tough. Um, I forget. Very good problem. I was gonna Kyle. say so. Problem. I forget I'll, who Jimmy said was the rest. He can tell you. I'll keep Gary V as an honorable mention because Kyle already kind of stole my thunder there. But um, so I got to pick two others or three others. You can pick Gary V. I think that's a great. Oh, do thing. I get do I get two picks? Think, or, think of the MLW advice okay. he give you. Okay, that's okay. gotta be that's gotta okay. be a spot. If we have a table of four, I'm sitting there. Gary V's sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get two more. This is kind of a. I think you gotta go with a good mix of people. Doubling down on entrepreneurship, though. Yeah. But I do. I know who you're gonna Jack, go with. Yeah, Jack already knows. Kind of those two. I would say Russ. Yeah. I like his entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. I like the entrepreneur side. Yep. And who is it? What did you say? He goes. He went with Russ. Russ. Okay. Um, another person alive. Dude, this is pretty lame. I'm, I know you're gonna go. I, with. I, I no, you don't. Yeah, no, no shot. 
I, I mean, I want someone there who's also funny, though. Like, comedians would be good. So Think of the table dynamic, too. I know. The dynamic is important, which this would be a horrible table dynamic, so it wouldn't yeah. work. But I was <laughs> I was I was gonna say Drewski because I think Drewski's hilarious. That'd be funny. But that would be a horrible <laughs> mix of people. I feel like. But okay, if you're gonna go Drewski, you gotta go Jack Harlow. That yeah, that well, that would be a funnier dynamic. Yeah, for sure. But I think Russ is probably smarter. Yeah, yeah. But that if I could have dinner with Drewski and Jack <laughs> Harlow, it'd be so funny, dude. So funny. But yeah, those that that'd be a good group. I thought um, you were gonna go with like, Tom Izzo a- or athlete, Mark D'Antonio or somebody. Athletes wise, no. No, I think I think Mel Tucker's quotes are hilarious. If we're talking Spartans, but I wouldn't have dinner with them. If I could have dinner with a single athlete, um, honestly, this is really this is very home. You gotta you gotta I pick think, somebody. I think it'd be a very interesting conversation. Would be Matt Stafford. Okay, a guy who's played on I a think, horrible team for a long I think, time. I think he yep. fits the criteria for what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say you're gonna want to pick somebody that's actually gonna like take it seriously and like be yeah. in a conversation with you, as opposed to just and like you this. said, everyone's a, everyone's a person at the end of the day, and no one's like gonna. No one's going to, like, it's not like you're sitting next to God or anything like that. You know what I mean? I feel it's like Stafford, person, but Stafford would have a real conversation with you. He wouldn't just blow you off. It would be interesting because that's a guy who's been playing in the NFL for 12 years now. Stats are unbelievable, but wins and losses-wise, he has nothing to show for yet outside of his Ram season he's had so far. Yep. So I think that'd be interesting. Another thing I would like to talk to would be a guy, like, an athlete who was injured early on, like, who had a pro career ahead of him and then got injured. That'd be so, like... Almost depressing, but also interesting to talk to a guy who like had his whole life out of millions of dollars. Yeah, like, like that. No, but he's already made a lot of money too. Yeah, that's true. But he, had, but like, but like, there's athletes out there who like who have been paralyzed, like yeah. from injuries, like in high school or that's in college days. Like maybe that had a future ahead of them. That's that'd be pretty crazy. That's an too. Interesting one. People, ja- honestly, this. Jack, what are we thinking? Yeah, I'll give Jack the floor. I'll probably I like the idea of having one guy in there for a little bit of comedic relief. Yeah. And one of my favorite actors is Vince Vaughn in terms uh, of comedy. And I think he'd be just hilarious to have. And I also like the idea of having an entrepreneur type spirit in the mix. And I think Mark Cuban is a pretty uh, oh. easy business pick. Yeah, I like also that would pick. like take it seriously. I like like he lot. does he does do that. Yep. And um just in the, in the spirit of things to have an athlete, I'd probably just say Michael Jordan because he's just the mm, goat, great and he's pick. probably just going to drop some great sports knowledge on me. It's a great pick. Uh, I think that's a good group right there. That with me, also in the four. I mean, I, I, I mean, that team's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Right there. It's unstoppable. <laughs> it's unstoppable. Something, I'd say oh, that's that is a cool thing. Like, who if you could like make a list of ten people you'd want to meet, like yeah. anybody in the world, who would you pick? And like the thing that would kill you is if like you were disappointed with one of your interactions. Like, say you had five minutes with each person, or you had a dinner yeah. with each person. I'm sure some people would like disappoint you with if your conversation is lame, or I don't even know. Like, what would you? Isn't there that funny tweet on Twitter? Well, that's redundant, but uh, the Jay Z <laughs> the Jay Z thing. What do you do? What They're like, tweet? would you rather have a million dollars or dinner with Jay Z <laughs> yeah. to improve your mindset? Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> think like, that's funny. And too. there's a bunch of quote teeth that Jay Z would just be like, you know, not even yeah, like talking yeah, to you. Yeah. Well, that, that is it. Would you rather read a book that teaches you how to make a million dollars <laughs> or would you rather have a million yeah, dollars? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it is a point. There's a point. I think a million dollars is a lot, but if you said like a hundred grand, like, yeah, then if you, if you get a hundred grand, then you go bankrupt. You need to have a. You need income, so I guess there's some argument there. But if you have a million dollars, it's kind of a lot to start with at our age, especially. You can if you just yeah. get yourself a decent financial advisor that can give you some, you can get some solid returns on that over time. So, I think like the the question of who you would have dinner with is not as hard as once you decide that figuring out like what you're gonna ask them or like what you're gonna yeah, talk that's about the thing. and how you're gonna spur a conversation because like. 
it's one thing just to get in the room with someone, but you should have like some sort of plan, especially obviously because yeah. we're talking about like famous, like successful people. Yeah. It's like, not- what are you going to ask them? How are you going to go about it? Like, I think that's way harder than figuring out who you would want in that room well, or, thing, or at the dinner table. That's the thing too that I hate about like so-called normal people meeting celebrities is I feel like the, the problem is the problem with this is that the celebrity devalues the conversation so much more than you do, even if they're not like conscious about it because like I have a cousin, for example, distant cousin, like a second or cousin or third cousin, whatever you want to call him. You guys can look him up. His name's Christian Milan, and I've only met the kid like twice in my life, three times in my life. But he plays in the NHL for the LA Kings. And like every time I'm around him or see him or I have family around him, it's always hockey questions, hockey questions, hockey questions. He probably hates it's that. It's like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it has to get so irritating and like obviously you caught someone in the right mood and like like you said, you had good questions prepared that aren't just redundant to what they've heard a million times that can actually be of value right. to you. But, like, if you meet Tom Brady, like, you know how many football-related questions he's probably heard? Like, Gary Vee and, like, the entrepreneurial questions. Like, yeah. so much of that information is, like, already out there in interviews and stuff like that that you can find on YouTube. So, I don't, it'd be hard to, like, pick their brain in the right way. And I don't know. And, like, at the end of the day, they are just people. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Is Gary Vee, like, the super intense guy on TikTok? Yes. Who's Gary I've never v? seen his TikTok. He, well, I mean, he's an entrepreneur. He has a, a media company. Yeah. VaynerMedia. He's, like, on a, he owns, like, a sports agency. He's into... Sporting cars, he really does everything. He wants to buy the Jets, I know that. Yep. I've seen okay. a couple of his of his little spiels and I've he's seen a, a couple he's of He's a like wine shows. connoisseur. Yeah, he is a wine guy. I think Ooh. I think the story there is like he did he kinda grew up in a lower income family, but his parents owned a liquor store. Is that yeah, right? And then he took it over and yeah. built it from like a five million business to like a fifty million business yeah, like within guy, a couple guys years. Just <coughs> excuse me, jeez. Jeez. Whoop. Guy knows how to uh, build a business, that's for sure. I'm getting I'm getting choked up right here. I think I got a frog in my throat or something going on. <laughs> Let's, let's take a short break. Tommy's let's got a ligma. Let's take a short break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into some whiff talk that's more pertaining to the league. It's playoff time, as I mentioned last week here. We're, we're right in the thick of it here in MLW, getting into crunch time. And we started off last week, kicked it off with the ALDS between the Magic and the Cobras. We're going to get True Davis on the line here to chop it up with Jack Agner about this series. But at the end of the day, Magic cleaned up made quick work of the Coastal Cobras taking the series 2-0. Let's get Drew Davis on the line for more. Hello. Drew, you're back on the show, baby. What's up? You sound like you're tired. Been a long day? I just got home from the gym. How was the workout? So, How was the workout? Nice plug. Uh, well, I didn't do my original workout. I uh, decided just to uh, walk backwards on a treadmill for about 35 minutes. You calling in on Boost Mobile? Yeah, how about this on, audio buddy? quality? <laughs> 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 Sounds like you're in Afghanistan. Boost Mobile. Is it better now? Yeah, yeah, you sound crystal clear now. We're, we're keeping that oh, yeah, in. I was in, my, I was in my kitchen. No, no problem, no problem. I know you're a busy guy. We're all busy people, busy lives. Um, but Drew, first off, I do have Kyle sitting next to me here, and he can hear you. Anything you want to say to Kyle after his cool experience he had this weekend? Briefly? Oh, yeah. Congrats on meeting your idol. It was it was crazy, dude. Um, sorry, my cat tried to tip over my chocolate milk. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> fun. I Sorry, I couldn't stay up and watch it. I had to work in the morning. I know. It's all good. It's all but, good. If you didn't see it, the full the full uh, broadcast is on YouTube now to check that out. But, Drew. Wait, you, Drew, I have a question for you. up on, on Ernie? Is that? Oh, I did. But I was going to ask you a question. Like a- so, you're a Yankees fan, correct? Yeah. How long have you been a Yankees fan? Do you remember, like, the 04 World Series? No. 
Oh, okay. I've been a Yankees fan for like two years. I was just going to ask you what you think of Pedro uh, Martinez because he was obviously a, a big character in that oh, series. Page, Pedro Martinez is one of my favorite players ever. Okay. He, he is a he's pretty likable guy. Huh? He is a pretty likable guy, I'd say. He's my favorite pitcher ever. Like when I watch highlights, yeah. he's the sickest pitcher I've ever watched. He yeah, has no. a quote that I like really liked when I was a kid because he said uh, his dad would make him pitch when you he was like in high school mm-hmm. there were games his dad would make him pitch with only his fastball and changeup bro his changeup was nasty was like, uh sometimes you don't have your curveball so hitting's all about timing if you can you can pitch a full game it's just a fastball and changeup if you do it right so yeah that's pretty cool i didn't know that I'll, g- I'll give you guys a little in on one of the things they were talking about in the green room watching the game was um rollins and pedro they were talking about the first time they ever faced each other and Pedro struck struck Rollins out with three straight changeups, and Rollins was like, "Man, I swear that third one had to have been sixty five miles per hour. I was way out ahead of it." But I thought it was really funny. His changeup is the grossest pitch I've ever seen in my life. Pedro's changeup. I tried to copy it when I was a kid. That was my favorite pitch throw. It's changeup. I never had that good of a changeup, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I caught myself up on YouTube on Sunday watching like full highlights of Pedro Martinez performances from back in his heyday. So, uh, I, Wait, so did. Do you guys didn't answer my question. Did Jimmy let up on that pitch? Oh, oh yeah. He struck Ernie out like five times, and then Ernie was like, give me a meatball. He, he gave him and a then cookie. he didn't miss it. He just smoked it gotcha. to right. Oh, Drew, before – I called you about the series, but I want to talk to you about – did you see that Moneyball memes posted that clip? How funny is yeah, that? Yeah, I saw – I texted my girlfriend immediately when I saw that. You know who else mentioned us? My favorite podcast, uh, Talking Baseball with John Boy Media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they, they, they played Blitzball, and Trevor Plouffe was like, did I see Pedro playing Blitzball? So I actually DM'd one of the guys who I – like. Well, I mean, I was texting one of, or I was tweeting back and forth with one of the guys, Jolly Olive. Yeah, he's an MLW that. fan. But then I DM'd Talking Jake. He's a uh, he's one of the colors talking baseball, and I was like, actually, it wasn't blitzball. It was uh, it was wiffle ball. So you want to get diced? Add a boy, Drew. Uh, Way to correct him. Way to go, Drew. That's big. Um, big huge, for the brand. Huge, massive yeah. moves by Drew. I Davis. said I'm, I'm part of the organization that helped. Oh, Drew, I have, I have, thing, I have so. another thing uh, to tell you. Oh, man, we may never get to the series here, folks. What's going on? Drew, we were walking down the streets of Atlanta, and we met a Cobra fan. Of course you did. They're everywhere. He recognized us. He didn't even know like why we were there. He was like, why are you guys in Atlanta? And I was like, just tune into TBS <laughs> later in, tonight, man. But he was a Cobra like, fan. He was like, why are you in hot Atlanta? Yeah, exactly. We, hey, he, he was thinking the same thing we were. Why are we here? This doesn't feel real. I was surprised it was Atlanta. I did not know that was where the studio was. Okay, so Drew. Enough Atlanta, beating around the bush here. Enough beating around okay. the bush here. You're on the hot seat. Cobras <laughs> yeah, seat. took a loss in the postseason again. This is not personal. But I wanted you and Jack to actually have the opportunity to settle speak, your differences. speak on this series and settle your differences. So the floor is now for you boys to talk about the series and how it ended up in the Magic's favor. Well, it's good to hear, Kyle, that there's still Cobras fans out there <laughs> after the series. But, got him! Um, got him! Um, <laughs> but uh, Drew, what did you what did you feed Sean Flynn before that God, series? Because that kid so was much. just that that was that kid was your lifeline. Uh, I actually just gave him a tip on his hitting um, before the game. I told him I don't, I don't remember if it was the day before or the day of, but I told him. Um, hey, try closing off your stance a tiny bit and try to take everything to the opposite field because the way you're swinging, you're never going to connect with a slider. It's good advice. Um, and 
Uh, I mean, not, I'm not crediting myself. Obviously, like he did it. Like he's only hit three bombs. Um, but I think that just helped him. I think the the sitting. I think the trying to take things off the field just allowed him to be more patient. Um, and so I think he was. I think he, he sees the ball very really well. I mean, he always has. Um, I just think he started opening up his swing a little bit. I mean, it happens. To everybody, everyone needs to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I just told him to try that because that works for me. That's why I take everything opposite field. I was like, just be more patient, see it, see it deeper. And he did it. So I was, I was impressed, but I was, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, not only did he keep you guys in that series and he hit three home runs and all that stuff, but like almost, he had like three other balls that were at the warning track. He almost had like a five homer day. No joke. When I, when I, when I watched the series back, I didn't realize how many balls were being put in play by both teams. Yeah. It was crazy series. It was like super quick too. Cause there was, like you said, so much action happening. A lot of outs were happening quickly and hits happening quickly. Yeah. Shout out to Daniel. Obviously, I thought, I thought Daniel had one of the funniest quotes of the day. He's like, whoosh, uh, Sean ate his Wheaties today. And then the beat dropped. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. That yeah, was, that was funny. funny. <laughs> Um, obviously I'm pretty happy with the result in the series, but Drew, just give me like your initial thoughts on, uh, on how you guys played and just how the series went overall. Um, I mean, I think we played pretty well. I think like, um, I mean, I was kind of the the first, like, kind of like thought I had, I mean, like, even like my pitching, it wasn't that bad. I think I, I think I only walked in one round. Other than that, I didn't even have the bases loaded that much, I think. And when I did, it was just they were hitting me. Um, I know that – I know Jack was giving us some crap about us, like, getting tips from Jimmy. I mean, I already know that they had the same tips about me. So um, I didn't know that at the time because, I, I mean, I know that I tip my pitches. Uh, I just I just know that most people don't know what I do to tip my pitches. Um, but Jimmy let them know. So I don't know if that played a factor at all. Um, but I, I got a question in your, in your defense, you're really quick. I think just about every pitcher in this league, just cause it's a whipple ball, not a baseball. You kind of have to tip your pitches unless you are insanely good at disguising an arm slot and the grip. So it's, I don't blame well, you. I think I, I think I, I like to give myself a tiny bit of credit. I think I do just cause I have my, I have this slide drop that comes from underneath and the riser that comes mm-hmm. from underneath. Yeah. 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 That works for I sure. I mean, I'll just expose myself. If you ever see me on the right side of the mound, uh, I mean, I'm going to change it next year because people know now. But yeah. if, I, if I'm ever on the right side of the mound, I'm throwing a riser because I want it to come from that angle and I want it to look like it's more outside than it's coming from. And when I throw my slide drop, I slide to the left side of the mound so that it looks like it's coming at the batter more. I'll have to, um, watch, some, I'll have to watch some film and check it out. But yeah, that's actually interesting. Go ahead, Kyle. Um, Drew, I got a question. They were just, huh? yeah, I got a, I, what do you think about uh, Tommy's and Jack's comments about you as a manager last week? How do you want oh, to? Give me one second. I want you to respond I'll, I'll to, get that. to that. In a second. Okay, I have good. A note sheet. Ooh. Some issues. Oh, oh my! He's got, he's got the ammo ready. What's the, he's what's, loading up. what's the thing called uh, when we like separated from England? Is, there was like the uh, um. Notice in the in the, game, the grievances. Game was, is that a thing? The LDS was there was like one play that it, that it didn't look I think as big. It wasn't like as big of a moment as it actually was, and it was in the third inning. Yeah, it's a grievance. Two, it was it was the second out. Trevor hit a ground ball to me. Mm-hmm. And I I tagged him, and then Jack tried to go to third, and I tripped. And I think like I was watching it back, and I think if I didn't trip, we might have had a really good chance at getting him. And it's just funny how like something so little that's so minuscule can change the outcome of a game. Because I get him out there, 
um, they don't score those two runs in mm-hmm. the walk off in the third inning, and we win that game. So yeah, that's just kind of that's just kind of crazy. Like little things like that, just me chirping on the grass can change a game like that. Because at mm-hmm. that point, there's only one person on. There's still two outs, and then just they got some base hits, some walks, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think not having and I'm not making an excuse. Obviously, um, I mean, I didn't play as well as we should. Like we still could have won the series without him. But I think not having Andy definitely hurt us. There's nothing we can do about it. Like he has college football, mm-hmm. um, but I'm already working on that for next season. Um, I kind of have a plan for, for that. Moves. So I love I love to hear that, Drew. I'm, I'm I love to hear that. I, I, I love to hear that as well. I, I'm drafting actually. Um, I, I truly do like but, to hear that. Um. So yeah, I have a kind of a plan for that next year because I missing Andy hurts, especially just like his presence in the lineup. I think he is like a he's just a hitter who I think like. He may not hit as many home runs as some of the other home run hitters, but his are just so, like, they come at the most random times. So I feel like pitchers, even though he doesn't hit that many home runs, they're always kind of, like, dancing around him because he can take a deep at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That's, but, that's valid. He's, he's a solid hitter. And, Drew, I got, I got, Andy, one, thing to, I got one thing to add, too, is uh, I want people to know we planned for Andy to be there. We actually asked, asked Andy for that series. Yes. Like, what day yeah. are you available? Because we need you here. You're a big personality. You're a big part of the Cobras. We got to have you in the series. And, and we scheduled it. And he had a very late notice uh, football obligation that he, that he had to attend to. Oh, yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it kind of screwed you guys over, but I mean, schedule during that. I mean, this was the first week, first two weeks of football. Yeah. When there's when they start training camp, so I talked to him. There was like an hour he had for lunch, and that's about it. So it's tough, man. It's tough. Was just, it's like it's you can't really. It's hard to do. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I feel for you in that scenario, but it's cool to hear that you're already um, potentially making some moves or looking into making some moves to prevent a scenario like that occurring again. But Jack, yeah, back I to you. Asked my, oh, sorry. Nope, no problem, no problem. I know you. I know you want to talk. You're, you're one. You're once a podcaster yourself. Maybe you'll come back one day. But I got to give the floor to Jack for a second. Jack, um, okay. I wanted to hear your key factor. You thought for the Magic winning that series. Yeah, I mean, I thought, like I was saying, that uh, playing the Cobras, the series before, helped just to get, um, you know, some looks at Drew. But I think really the difference maker was obviously we pitched, we pitched well. And our hits were very timely. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's a recipe for success in, in the playoffs in baseball, but also in wiffle ball. And um, it's funny because uh, Drew said that he had um, was given some tips to Sean and the uh, the home run that Bonham hit in, the, in that second game. I had actually given him a little tip of my own um, because oh. really – I was noticing that Drew and I'm, I think Drew would say the same thing as he was um, not throwing bottom many risers just um, based on the series before and how bottom had hit, hit risers well off him. Mm-hmm. And so he was throwing him the, this drop ball a lot more. And I basically told bottom that that was the pitch that he had to sit on and just attack it. Like before it dropped, like even if it's a little high, just go up and get it. Mm-hmm. put your hands to the ball and go get it. And literally the next at bat, he saw that pitch and swung and hit it. So I, I got, I got some of my own tips too. You know, I'm not a big baseball guy, but um, I'm an athlete and hey, an I, athlete. I see the field right. a little bit. He's an athlete. Yeah. He's an athlete. Well, congratulations yeah. on the series win, Jack. And I wish you the best of luck 
in the American League Championship Series against the Western Wildcats against Kyle Schultz here sitting to my right. Can't wait for it, Jack. It's a big series. Big series. Can't I'm, wait. I'm excited for all parties involved. The Wildcats are they're hot, they're red hot, but so are the Magic. So it's pretty cool. They're coming together here. Winner to the big dance. So uh, I'm excited. And uh, I wish you guys both the best of luck. Thanks, Tom. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, Drew, Kyle, do you want to address Drew's ammunition that he has on this situation where apparently I said some things that he wasn't a fan of? I want, I just want Drew to air it out here and just air out all of his grievances, all of his complaints, because you guys bashed him as a manager we last really week. really didn't. Did we really? I'll have to play it yes, back. I'll it have to play it back. Minutes. Drew, I need you to lash back. Five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> that yes. might be an exaggeration. <laughs> it so. a minute. I know. I know. Oh. I, need, I need a response. We needed something. All right. Let me have I it. Mean, I can it. Are we gonna go? Are we gonna I mean, dig I'll, the hole deeper? Or are we gonna start. settle it? I, mean, I guess I would just start. Like, um, I think it's just kind. Well, first off, I think it's kind of dumb that I, for like, if you guys were gonna do that, I wish you guys at least would have had me on, so you could at least like say it to me, or Ooh. I at least no, I don't listen to all the podcast episodes. I don't have time, so like, I just went. I heard from somebody else. Like, yo, Drew, they're kind of like the grapevine. <laughs> Huh? To the MLW yeah, network, like, who's the whistleblower? Like, no, I, heard, uh, <laughs> I want him dead. About you on the on the podcast, so I went back and said, "Listen," um, and I just it, it, it upsets me a little bit that um, I think I'm really the only person that ever gets trashed on, or at least to the extent that I get trashed on. Um, especially, I don't think Agner in any one of his blogs. Has any ever said a positive <laughs> thing about me or my team? Especially when we beat the uh, we beat the reigning champs on opening day. Uh, I think his his what he said about us was literally just like it was a fluke. The Cobras are the Cobras. Mm. Um, the and what happened, Drew? We still better. It was like just totally downplaying. Like, I don't think he's ever said a nice thing about me on the podcast or. Or the uh, or his blogs, which I don't really get because we used to be really good. We used to be really cordial to each other. Wow! And the past like two years, uh, I think it's just been like I get he's trying to trash talk, and like I know he or at least I think he kind of respects me, but like also <laughs> I mean I think I'm the person like I think people think I trash talk, but I feel like I don't really trash. The one time I've ever trash talk, I got kill because i said who is this loser as a joke to some kid that i never met before wasn't that ben wilson um, <laughs> yeah. never, never met him before like how am i supposed to know who he is um oh, how rude but, but i mean i get tra- people try to talk to me like every like all the time and they say like i mean jack's been ruthless ruthless the past two God, years jack he's like, coming after you. jack i'm wait. i'm awaiting this but, response um, from jack but i also think it's just kind of dumb like yeah, I mean, that's, like, one of the main things. I feel like I am the person who gets come after all the time. Okay. I, I've and noticed I, that. I've noticed I, that. I, I, I like you expressing your, your thoughts here. I, I see you within the fan base a lot, too, Drew. Yeah, I, I, I feel for you, you dude. name another person in the league who has more pressure from fans or 
in the league in general than I do. I think um, based on like the history of our team, I think I litter every sing- single season, and we also always get ranked pretty high. Like I think last year, I mean, we came in the last place. Well, Drew, I think in Drew, the I have. Since the beginning of the year, we were still ranked like six or like we were ranked like five or six. Um, Drew, I think so the I, mean, I think the I, criticism, and you know this too. I think it's just the way you kind of build up your character in the pregame interviews and stuff like that. You got to remember, these are a lot of these kids that com- are commentating the like, stuff. Last episode, you guys acted like I'm this crazy person at all times. Okay, but the pregame like, interviews are funny. The, you make them funny, and you got to remember, our audience is young, and they oh, they kind of overreact to stuff. You got to you got to have that saying, in the back like, of your mind. Well, but like. But, like, the way, Gus, like, you were talking to Gus about, like, how is it having this, like, character? Dude, this Gus was the me. one feeding us the information about the, the smelling salts and everything else that you were doing during oh, the Oh, that game. was all Gus, That was yeah. Gus, not no, me, bro. I get it, but, like, but you guys have just, like, talked about in the past on this crazy person, and you're, you're, like, you're like, I can't imagine what it's like having that, like, that person as your manager. Like, that is not who I am on literally every single day, the ba- day-to-day basis. The only reason I really drew, like do this stuff before with all games is to fill a character role that I know is my role in the league. Like I wouldn't be able to act the way I act in series is if I didn't do stuff like that to make that possible. Well, I Drew, 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 series, Drew. Huh? That's also a reason, though, why people love you. It's a, it's a polarizing, you're a polarizing guy. People love you because of that. There's two ends of the spectrum. You got to remember I, that. You're, you're a unique I, player. There's nobody else in the league like you. First off, about not saying anything nice about the Cobras in the blog, I apologize for that. But um, I'm not just going to hand out compliments anywhere. And it is my blog. Um, second, I wasn't really wrong because the Cobras did what the Cobras do. And we ended up beating you guys. So you kind of were the same old Cobras. Three, I have a lot of respect for you, Drew. Um, mainly because, like you just said, you are sort of the villain of the league. You get attacked a lot. But someone has to play the role of the villain, right? No movies are ever good with superheroes and no villains. Perfect. Like, I play that role. And, yeah, like, I get kind of like I could always, like, say I don't want to be that role anymore. But I do understand the importance of the role I play. I just don't think you guys realize how hard it is to do that, especially for as long as I have been that villain. Everybody gets criticized. Daniel, like, Daniel gets criticized because he hasn't won a title since like he was a child and that he doesn't get rid of his friends like, and he doesn't embrace like the new way that MLW is, is shifting. Tommy gets bashed for his in-game management. Like Everybody gets this criticism. I know that you get the most, but it's like not, you're not the only guy. Tom gets bashed for a whole lot more than his in-game though. management. <laughs> Here's what I'll say, Drew. Um, I guess, yes, things were said about you, but once again... I'm just trying to be genuine. Uh, you oh, no, this is... This I'm just is, trying to tell you what I think. Oh, this, we appreciate you. That's why I wanted you to call in. This is exactly what we wanted. Um, I will say this. I Yes, I am harsh on the Cobras, but once again, that kind of just feeds into this meme of we came back and beat you guys and mean you are enemies, that kind of thing. So... Sure, I'll take an extra stab at you, maybe more so than other guys in this league who I haven't had a similar experience with. I've made comments similar about like Daniel Schultz because when he was younger, like when I came back in 2017, like we upset and beat them, like that was kind of big, and I know that upset him a lot. So I'll poke at him at that. And we beat them again the next year in the NLCS. So we beat them a couple times where I think it was bothering Daniel. So I'd poke at him at, f- at fun for that too. But I will say this, which you haven't been around as much this year because you've been in Grand Rapids, but my excuse for anything I've said about another team. And once again, it's kind of all in good fun and take it with a grain of salt. But 
Kyle, who do I talk more trash about than any other team in the league? No, you, you're not saying what I thought you were going to say. I thought it was pretty obvious. Who do I oh, speak? Mallards. Yes. <laughs> I talk oh, yeah. lowest <laughs> about the Mallards yeah, by top, far. Yeah, that was a trick question. Compared oh, yeah. you, to any bash, other team. Yeah, you bash your own so team. So therefore, I think I can say whatever I want about other teams because who do I bash the most? Literally myself and my teammates. I talk so much trash about how bad we are, like kind of as a joke. So that's that's my excuse. But you weren't around a lot this year to hear all that chatter as much as the Trenton guys, the Livonia guys. Like when we were in Indy the whole weekend, I was making jokes about how terrible I am and how bad the Mallards are and stuff like that. So... Drew, it's all, Drew, it's all in good fun. Drew, man. we all love you. We all respect you. You bring a lot to this league. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate you. All right. That was a long conversation. Uh, Drew, I will Sorry. text you afterwards. Um, but we thank you, Drew. And I want to say, I think maybe you, you could be a guy who would benefit from maybe not reading so many comments. I will say this. I don't, I don't read the comments um, too often, but my cousins think it's funny to screenshot me mean comments about myself and send them to me. And I think the only one, I think it's hilarious people bash me. But the only one, like you said, like you don't know how it's affecting people. The only one that I would say maybe rubbed me the wrong way was when someone's like, man, Tommy's heart's not in anymore. And it's like, dude, I'm out here at every single series filming oh, for you yeah, guys, no, giving you all my time and energy to put this content together for you. For Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. I but, hate those, and I hate when people say, why is people trying so hard? Because we want to oh, freaking yeah. win, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, go, I, do, I do everything I do with... 110 percent i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go do something if i'm just gonna waste my time by going through the motions yep all right drew we'll have to catch up with you another time man we appreciate your time and your opinions true and we will talk hold on uh, okay it is now time for today's question of the day Q. 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 of the day if you would like to submit a question for the pipe it up Q of the day please submit them to at pipe it up MLW on Instagram via our DMs. Thank you once again to everybody who submitted a question, but this week I've decided to choose a question from Angela Huber. The at is Angela Huber 76. And the question submitted was, will you guys ever make a rule where a pitcher can only pitch six innings in a playoff series similar to the regular season? I think that's a super interesting question, and it's very valid as we've seen teams change their dynamics um, I guess I'll take that one first. Um, will it ever happen? I feel like there very well could be some sort of postseason pitching rule just to make it more interesting. You know, it can get very monotonous watching two pitchers go back and forth. And But at the same time, it also kind of turns into an epic battle. You know, you have a guy like Jimmy Norp going against Trevor Bonham or something like that for an entire series like that. It can be like a really you know, mental war, and just, it's kind of cool to see play out through three, four, five games, but as we see in the regular season, it can really affect teams and make them develop a deeper bullpen, and I think it can make, um, you know, teams turn to other guys and create, like, developing stories, create some excitement, and that kind of thing, so it's an interesting dynamic. Um, Obviously, it's not a rule yet at this point. There is no sort of pitching limit at all in the postseason. You can throw as many games as you want, as many pitches as you want, over and over and over again from day one of the postseason all the way till you win the World Series. Um, Jack, do you have any strong thoughts about this, or is it more of just a conversation piece for you as well? Um, yeah, a couple things. I, very interesting question. I think it is realistic, just because, like what you said, it would make things a lot more interesting. Um, but I also think that maybe not this season, but in, in seasons to come as the talent gets better and better, whether or not the rule changes – 
Um, I think you might see teams taking advantage of using two pitchers in the in the postseason. For example, a team like the Wildcats, who their second pitcher, um, I believe, led the regular season in ERA, right, Sailor? Um, so, you know, and he's their second pitcher. And just having that dynamic, as we've talked about on the podcast, of being able to keep hitters off balance, keep their timing different, I think could make a big difference in the playoffs. Is the rule, like you said, going to happen, you know, next year? I don't know about that, but I do think it would uh, it would definitely make things more interesting and put managers in a in a much harder spot just based on, you know, having to make decisions on who to start and who to play and just also being able to fortify their bullpen in the offseason and throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, c- I could see it happening in the future. Um, I think it really make teams develop arms and be very serious about it. I don't think you'll yeah. see guys just throwing someone out there for game two saying, oh, I'm the ace. I can get us two wins per series and hopefully we get a third win with our secondary pitcher. Um, if there was a postseason rule like that, I think really, really you'd see teams developing arms, trying out different guys, actually practicing with their second arm and stuff like that. I think um, I think if the games, like, so the, the World Series is five games, but if, say, the... Um, say like the wild card and the, the ALDS are p- made five games and the world series was pushed to seven games. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you would probably be able to comment on this better than I could, but I feel like there is some sort of like level of soreness when you like pitch a couple oh, yeah. of games and oh, then yeah. have to come back the next day. Like if it's a close series. Mm-hmm. So like, even if there wasn't a rule implemented, I wouldn't be surprised if like we ever got to that point and teams would would obviously like have to go to a second arm or like manage their bullpen better and it would it would be a lot more realistic obviously because in the mlb it's not like you can start like if you start and you pitch you know six innings you're you you can't pitch for another like what Mm -hmm. four days maybe at the earliest or five days so four days rest is usually enough postseason they push sometimes a three days rest um yeah yeah i think that's a very interesting topic that we've never discussed is that and we see this more at the competitive level of football. When I say competitive, I mean fast pitch, 48 feet. Is yeah. Guys don't really take care of their bodies like professional athletes do because we're not professional athletes. But I've right. heard of people through the grapevine of some of these guys I meet at these tournaments of guys who are only 30 years old and like can't even like physically pick up and try to do a throwing motion anymore because they've literally destroyed their elbows, destroyed their arms. Just because you think, uh, it's, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? So... As this league grows, as the years go by, as we become more serious, as guys can, I mean, I don't know, develop some sort of career, have some sort of legacy in wiffle ball and, and MLW, if you're serious about having, you know, a healthy body going through it, it, very, it may not even need to be a rule. It may be a pure safety thing, player safety, right, player yeah. health, player wellness thing. So I think that could very well be an issue as well. Like, I think part of the reason why... Um, teams do it in MLW, we saw the Gators do it very well last year, is not only to give a, a team a different look at a different arm, but also to give your guys a quick break. You know, it does get tiring, especially, I think, for, I mean, it's baseball, it's both physical and mental, but with football, it's mentally drained to go out there and pitch. You, you mean, a lot of the game falls on you as a pitcher. Baseball, you can pitch to contact sometimes, and with football, you can too, but our fences are so much shorter, and you know, we only have two fielders out there, not nine fielders. So a lot of the game falls on you, and you really feel that pitch after pitch on the mound in MLW. 
as well as it yeah. being so much harder to throw strikes and wiffle ball compared to throwing a baseball, which weighs you know five ounces versus a half ounce wiffle ball. Right. So I think the mental aspect weighs on you as well. But great question. Thank you. Jack, real quick before we wrap this up. Um, folks, I'm just getting word now that Jimmy, unfortunately, will not be joining us tonight. Uh, we had some scheduling differences. We're going to get him on. I promise you he'll be on with me next week or the week after that. Whenever he's available, we'll have him on so we can get his take on probably one of the cooler experiences of his life. But before we sign off today, Jack, can we just talk about our Detroit Lions, man, really quickly again? We've given our fans, the listeners, weekly updates of our of our pain and our sorrows. But, man, it's just every week it's just a, just a kick right below the belt. I mean, I can't describe it any other way. It's just so hard. I mean, what how other what better way to describe it than just watching the press conference with the head oh, coach? One of the one of the, you know, league known, one of the toughest guys, toughest coaches in the league, mm-hmm. literally in tears on the podium. Like when they say heartbreaking loss, you can visually and audibly see the heartbreak and the devastation on this man's face. Mm-hmm. And that is how Lions fans feel every single week, mm-hmm. and it was just like it's so tough because it yeah. got to the point where it's like we got this the two point conversion, and I was like excited, but I was like, we're probably gonna lose. Like we're still. I mean, lose. yeah, it's it's almost you feel bad for the fan base, feel bad for the coaches, the staff, everyone putting in so much work to just get a win. You know what I mean? And we all know Lions aren't gonna make the playoffs this year. We're not gonna win any big games. You know, and I'm gonna compare him to the Mallards just for the. It's actually a pretty. Yeah. This is a decent metaphor to make because you you saw probably in that last game when we beat the Diamondbacks in our last game of the year, even though we were three and eleven at the time, meaningless game. You know, when we won that last game, we were all we threw our hands up in the air and you know high fived, and that's after just a couple of weeks of work and just to get a win. You know, it feels good. You can hold your head yeah. high and say, okay, we actually put together a game. And we won a we won a wiffle ball game. Think about these guys are pro athletes pro coaching staff, millions of dollars that are invested into this team and a lot of, based on what I'm seeing from the coaching staff, a lot of hard work going into it and just to see losses like that, it's so hard to come back and win. You had the lead with 30 seconds left and then they get another another last second field goal to lose. Um, I just feel bad for the franchise. The city of Detroit, our football fans, We the Lions, I will say this, people can say what about, they want about the Lions fans, but I've been to a Lions game within the last couple of years Ford Field is rocking. The Lions have a very great fan base. Detroit fans, I like Detroit fans. We're diehards. We ride through it. We go through it thick and thin. Good times and bad times, we're there. And um, it's just, I really hope we, I don't know what our, I know I thought we'd beat the Bears or the Vikings. I thought we'd get one win there, and now we're 0-5. And it's just, ugh, I just feel for I don't know, dude. Our schedule is rocky. We might not get one. I, I think like that that might be as close. After as we, we lost lost to the Bears, I was thinking two wins would be the I'd say I was saying one and a half would be our over under for wins. Now is it point five? You think now? Probably, dude. Probably. I heard Cephas is out. One of our receivers too. But I wanted to just chat yeah. about that really quick because we I've been giving you my weekly Lions updates. So if you guys are ever bored on a Sunday at one o'clock, flip on the Lions game and and root with us because we need all the help we can get. Uh, every every ounce of support helps this fan base. So um. All right, boys, it's going to wrap it up. Um, great episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to Kyle about his experience, and I hope to catch up with him soon on how cool that was, and hopefully I can do something like that too with Jack next to me as well someday. Absolutely. And with that, episode 66 is in the books. We thank you guys for listening. This was the Pipe It Up podcast. Oh, oh, oh.
Pop it up, pop it up, pop it up.